Welcome to the Haunted Hangover Podcast Reviews X. I'm Louie, and as always, I'm joined by Chris. Hello. So, Chris, X, the new Ty West film. Yes. Are you a Ty West fan? Oh, yeah, a huge Ty West fan. Um, I love House of the Devil. I think everyone does. <laughs> yeah, I love the sacrament. I, with this movie, I... It, you know, keeping it going. I don't think that there's been a Ty West movie that I haven't liked yet. I, I, he's just he's just a good director. He does he does good work. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his stuff. I feel like uh, I feel like everyone likes House of the Devil. It's funny. I feel like that's gonna be the movie he's forever known for. Yeah, it's good. It's gonna be like the that's gonna be like you know how Quentin Tarantino's movies like Pulp Fiction. Everyone right. always remembers Pulp Fiction. Obviously. People of Kill Bill and Inglorious Bastards, Reservoir Dogs, yada yada. But I feel like Ty West, it's gonna be House of the Devil. That's yeah. like the movie everyone remembers him for. And I feel like every year on Twitter and stuff, I occasionally will see someone else like comment like that they discovered that movie and how much right. they loved it. So I feel like that's gonna be just the that's gonna be the one for him. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, this could this could change that because yes, this is you know a more notable film in terms of like a the cast of people that are in it are definitely the most notable cast that ty west has gotten in a movie like yeah they're more like mainstreamy kind of people that people outside of like genre fans would know you know like you got britney snow and 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 kid cuddy like those are people that have more of like a mainstream appeal so i think that's going to be part of why this movie might become his new like banner movie, you know? Pro- probably. And it's funny because his last one was a western and that had like John Travolta and Ethan yeah. Hawke in it and those are like everyone knows Ethan Hawke, yeah, everyone knows right. John Travolta. But, like, nobody knows that that movie exists. Really, <laughs> yeah, you know? it's weird. So and I, and then this movie just, you know, we just saw it just like just seeing so many people like word of mouth and people talking about it, I can see I agree with you. This might be like the other movie people know him for, just yeah. because of ma- because of mainstream and it being a horror film. It's like you can't go wrong with, wrong with a horror film. A western, I feel in twenty right. what was it twenty sixteen I think is when that movie came yeah. out. Yeah, um, in a valley of violence, that movie that's more niche than horror because I feel like a specific type of person will watch a western, whereas horror movies, everyone. Loves horror movies, right. but but I'll agree with you. For the most part, I, I like all of his movies. I'm a big fan of the Innkeepers. I feel like that's the one people either like or hate. Mm-hmm. But I, I tend to be someone that really thinks it's a really really well made movie. And I actually think House of the Devil and Innkeepers work well as kind of like a double feature. Yeah, they're very complementary to each other in a lot of ways. Yeah, and they both kind of feature. You know, it's like a female lead and kind mm-hmm. of them. You know, coming of age in a way. You know. And, and and one's deals with Satanist, obviously, and the other with Ghost. But like they kind of feel like similar movies, and and almost this film kind of feels like it would work with those two more than the Sacrament would or um, in a Valley of Violence. You know, well, yeah, he doesn't absolutely. have a long filmography; it's like six or seven movies or something like that, yeah. which is which is good, but not like super long. He's like ten movies under his belt. But yeah, I feel like those those two movies, even his first film, The Roost, about the killer bats, which was like his very first movie, I dig that one too. It has an interesting kind of like weird, like horror host 
element to it and a bunch of other shit. It's a, it's a, it's a, a well crafted like first indie low budget mm-hmm. movie. And and I and I and again, the guy's super talented. And I'm pr- I, I will always check out his latest film. Oh yeah, absolutely. And go I into also- it. Like go, I'll go into it knowing it'll be at least decent, you know. Right. I think this one also benefits from A24's name, the studio yeah. being attached to it. A24 has had a slew of horror hits in the past, you know, six or seven years. Yeah. That man. really helps with, like you said, with the word of mouth for this film because it's all. Even if you, if, even if you say to someone are you going to see the new Ty West film? And they're like, I don't know who the fuck Ty West is. If you tell people, if you ask people, are you going to see the new A24 horror movie? You're likelier to get like an, oh yeah, I love A24 horror movies kind of thing. Yeah. It's even referenced in the new scream. Like it's a, it's almost right. like a joke at this point. Like, yeah. oh, they, the pretentious horror company mm-hmm. or whatever. Well, they do all kinds of film, but like whenever it's a horror film, it's like the, what is it? Elevated horror. Elevated, like it? very high art yeah. kind of movie. It's like, I, I would not again, say pretentious. that this is a high art movie though. <laughs> this, yeah. I wouldn't call this a high art. It's not like the witch, right. but again, it's, it's. That that company is known for again, just kind of like I, I guess that's what I would use, like a little more pretentious, a little yeah, fa- yeah fancier horror films. They're not like, I guess, super low budget like gore movies, even though a lot of them are very gory and have a lot of the elements. This of movie a typical, in particular too. Oh, this movie super of, gory. Yeah. We'll get into spoilers in a bit, but um, yeah, even their films tend to be very very horrific. So it's mm-hmm. not like. This isn't something like, again, like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's weird. It's interesting how that company separates themselves from, like, the new Halloween movies or the new Scream movies. Like, they're a separate thing. Like, we're an A20. We're a, this is an right. A24 film. So, yeah, I, like I can see that. like the kind of studio yeah. horror, whereas, uh, you know, they're not. I mean, I guess they're an independent studio in that regard. Like, they're uh, yeah. not, you know, a Paramount or a Universal kind of, like, big budget studio with that stuff so i think that it it, it's beneficial for movies like ty west's movies like his you know in the valley of violence i don't remember what studio was the distribution studio for. i think it was blumhouse i think right yeah and that's another big like a universal horror universal yeah blumhouse a lot too i think so yeah then that movie bombed and you know then you have a movie like this where the risk is a little bit less yeah, and, and nobody's really going to invest in it because of the bomb of, you know, his last movie. But then I don't even know if his last movie bombed. I just don't remember it screening, like yeah. getting a big marketing push and it not really screening any, like it not really screening in a lot of like this movie compared to that movie. Whoa, the marketing, I see it on Instagram, Twitter, absolutely, yeah. on TV. I'm seeing commercials like on YouTube. I'm seeing like ads for it. So the marketing for this when compared to his last movie, a hundred percent. It's it's way better than yeah. than the previous movie. So, all right, but let's let's stop beating around the bush. We're gonna jump into some spoilers. Spoiler warning: movie yes. just came out. So, it's if fresh. you don't want to hear, we saw yeah. it all. Spoilers. Very fresh. So yeah. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers, stop now. Come back later and listen yeah. to the rest of the episode because we're gonna dive deep into X. Farmer's daughter, take one. I need to be famous, Wayne. All the best people are. There ain't nobody else out there like you. You know why? Why? Because you got that X Factor. 
Our days of struggling may soon be over. Hollywood, here we go. So this is it. Our own studio backlog. I'm looking for a place to stay. Oh, yes, sir. That's one ugly song, bitch. All right, Chris. So let's talk about the plot of this movie. You've got a a group of inspiring filmmakers who want to make a porno. <laughs> I love how it's a porno. That's what I. That was the most unique aspect of this movie. Right. Is that this group of people want to make a porno and get famous and rich yeah. from like a Debbie Does Dallas deep throat type of porno deal. Right. But also and I think that's amazing. They they want to elevate the genre. That's a thing that they all kind of talk about. Is they they want to be known. F- for more than just porno, especially the guy who's who's shooting the film, he wants to yeah. uh, make it. He's shooting it more like a film, is what he keeps saying. It's in the like movie. a French new wave type of yeah. movie or something. He says, "I think that character's name was R.J. Yeah. If I remember correctly, uh, but yeah, he was he was like the the film guy of the yeah. group, the one that was trying to make it look as as nice as possible. He was, he was the shots. you. He was the you. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But you said that to me in the theater too. That guy's you. You know, just anytime I'm filming anything, I'm always like, let's try to be a little, let's try to get fancy with these shots, yeah. even though we're shooting production like, value. ridiculous. As much production value as possible. But I did appreciate that. But also the other characters, like the the stars of it, I guess the porn stars of the of this movie had Jackson, I think his last name was Hole, if I remember. Jackson Hole. Kid That's Cuddy. Kid Cuddy's character. Then you got Bobby Lynn, Brittany Snow, and then you got Maxine, Mia Goth's character. Mm-hmm. And kind of the... The leader of this group is yeah. is this character named Wayne with Martin Wayne. Henderson. I always remember him from The Ring. He's yeah, absolutely. And then you've got Jenna Ortega, who's become like a scream queen. Yeah. Who's uh, Lorraine? I think yeah, Lorraine's yeah, her name. Lorraine. She's the like the mouse. boom church mouse. That's what the, you know. What's funny? I was like, what the fuck is her name? Because they call her church mouse almost a the lot. entire movie. They call her pretty yeah. often throughout the movie. But her character's like the boom operator assistant on set, and then she wants to be. In the movie, which yes. I thought was, I thought the way they executed that was really well done. But yeah, you've got this group of you know low up and low like low budget upcoming filmmakers and actors and models, etc. The Mia Goth character Maxine just wants to be famous. That's kind of what you get from her. She's doing bumps of coke and yeah. just telling herself, "I'm gonna be somebody. I'm gonna be." She wants to be like Linda Carter. She wants to be fucking. Wonder a Woman. star, basically. My, we, we, we also, we didn't say this movie takes place in 1979. Yes, 1979. So that is a big, uh, a big part of everything else that we'll say after this is like, it was the 70s. A lot of that is a part of, is in the fabric of this movie. Like like you just mentioned Linda Carter, who was a you know huge star in the 70s. Wonder Woman. That's right. what she's always going to be known for, too. Um, but yeah, and 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 at the same time, you know, the Wayne character talks about like the home video market and how it's going to be this big boom, right. and that's where they're going to get rich. Yeah. And there's that really funny scene between RJ and Wayne where he's telling RJ like, "Yo, what we just shot is fucking going to get us." Fuck. He says his dick is hard and makes him grab it. It's actually a really funny scene. He's like, "Feel how dick how hard my dick is." And he grabs it. And he's telling him like, "This shit's going to make us like fucking famous, like make us yeah. money." And I do like the dynamic in the group because it seems like a a group of people that genuinely like each other, mm-hmm. but there's also like a business tran- like transaction yeah. like they're yeah. they're all you, in it you, for the business, but right. they do get along. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you could tell they're not necessarily uh, a traditional like friend group that you would no. see in a horror movie. You know, it is more transactional than that. And and like, but there is also stuff that, it, which I think Ty West does a really good job. The movie's you know got like a I think like an hour and forty five minute runtime to it, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of stuff in it that little moments where you actually do get to care about these characters before shit hits the fan and everything goes sideways. And there's a one moment that stuck out to me, which was cool. It was when, uh, when the Lorraine character says that she wants to, you know, be an actress in the movie rather than just the boom operator. RJ is very hesitant to let her in on that and let her join. You know, it's his girlfriend. He doesn't want her being in the porn. And then when they're outside, uh, Wayne and RJ are talking and, and Wayne tells him, you haven't been 45, but I've been 23. Like, you yeah, know, he tells him I, I've been in your shoes. I know what is going on. And it's, it's stuff like that is kind of cool where it's like, like you said, even though it's like a business transaction, they get along with each other. And I think Ty West, who wrote and directed, I think he does a really good job of like crafting these characters to be fully functional characters outside of just yeah. horror movie tropes, you know? And all of his movies are kind of like that. Like when you mm-hmm. go back and you watch House of the Devil... And yeah. innkeepers, it's like an hour of you getting to know these characters and a lot of comedy and a lot of obviously very dialogue heavy. And it's just kind of you with them hanging out. Yeah. You know, and not in the like Quentin Tarantino way, because he's also known for like long drawn out scenes of dialogue right. and then something bad happens. But more so in like a more laid, I'd say his films, like Ty West films, are more laid back. Yeah. Whereas I, I don't just feel the like characters scenes, having simple conversations. Yeah, I don't feel like the scenes overstay their welcome, where no. in like Tarantino movies, you can kind of make a case where it's like, all right, like, yeah, cut out a couple of bits of this dialogue kind of thing. We're, we're You're going here, on way too long about that glass of milk. There was right, exactly. Like, whereas here, it feels more natural and more like, okay, so this is just the night that they're having, you know? Yeah, and just kind of like the pat, you could see the character's passion mm-hmm. in wanting to do this and wanting to create, even though it's just a porno to them, it's art. You know what I mean? It's something that they're, they like, you could see that all these characters love what they're currently doing. Right. And that they're really excited to like get like the Britney snow character. She just wants to have sex. Like she's yeah. just like, I'm ready. To, I'm horny. I'm ready to, to fuck. Like that's literally, I think a line yeah. She says, and not, and I, and I joked with you, and we haven't even gotten to like the horror aspect, and we'll get to that in a second. But I joked with you at one point because, you know, not not to shit on Rob Zombie because we, you and I have seen a lot of Rob Zombie movies together. Yeah, and I even told you I was like, dude, this is like a better written Rob Zombie movie. It certainly has that yeah. same kind of. Uh, you can tell that the filmmaker who made it was influenced by that period in a lot of their work, and it, you know. I, I, I don't want to, like, knock Rob Zombie, but, I mean, he's not the greatest writer. No. <laughs> this is like a Rob Zombie movie written by somebody who knows how to write. And that's kind of kind of the best way I, I describe it, you know? Yeah, and it's funny because, like, I, I remember a few years ago, before Haunted Hangover existed, we had gone to see 31. And 31 <laughs> has scenes, and if you don't know the Rob Zombie movie 31... Google it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't hate that movie. I'm not going to say I, I don't hate any of Rob Zombie's movies. No. I think they're ridiculous and, and fun in their own way. But in that movie, you've got a group of characters in a van going to like a circus or some shit. Mm-hmm. And they're having conversation. You're getting to know them. But some of the things they're saying are so ridiculous. And it's interesting how Ty West is able to take a similar concept of a group of people in a van 
and the dialogue is ridiculous, but doesn't come off as like super perverted. It's right. weird. It's not, I, I, as, it's not as clunky, I guess. It's not even clunky. Like literally, Britney Snow's character talks about wanting to have sex and fuck, right. and she's ready to. But it doesn't. Come, it's weird, and I don't know. And I I can't even pinpoint. It's got to be the acting and the writing and the direction. Mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't come off as like a character just being like, "I'm ready to fuck." Yeah. Like yeah. you know, like, I'm gonna fuck you. You know, like that's a Rob Zombie character. And in this right. movie, it it's a little more innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's weird, and I and I don't and I don't get. And again, just as like a a, a guy who's a filmmaker himself. I'm guessing it's the direction. It's what yeah. the director is telling his actor how to deliver those lines because 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 Rob Zombie, his characters are always like, "I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna put my yeah. dick in your ear." Like in that's literally skull. how they talk. Yeah, yeah. And in this one, you know, the Bobby Lynn character and the Jackson character are like porn stars and they like having sex, but it doesn't come off as like perverts. They come off as like genuinely fun characters mm-hmm. who are innocent. Yeah, which is which is kind of weird, but but I just I I'm always so curious how you can tell how directors direct their actors in situations like this. Direct some sleazy shit, and if you can make it come off as wholesome, you can kill. You're you're a killer director, basically. Yeah. But I it doesn't come off like I you laugh at the shit. You don't really like go like roll your eyes at it. Like who the fuck says they're gonna like skull fuck somebody in right. the back of like like that's not a thing. But in this, it comes off as more natural. But yeah, we didn't jump into the horror aspect. So you got this group. (laughs) You've got this group. And I believe Wayne rented. They needed a space to shoot. So he rented a, 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 I think it's like a barn or a farmhouse behind. Like a a guest house kind of Like a guest house behind an elderly family's farm, basically. They're like old. They're like 85 to 90 years old. That's how old I took them as. They're supposed to be up there. And... They're going to film this porno movie there, but they didn't tell this elderly couple. That's a no-no. No, no, de- definitely. And I believe the elderly couple's name is Pearl and Howard. Those are the, yes. those, That's the couple. And throughout the film, Pearl, the elderly lady, starts scoping out this group very while they're filming all these yeah very perverted she's looking through like holes and she she has this really awkward scene with Mia Goth's character where they share lemonade it's like just odd they're yeah. obviously strange people but yeah she she, like she's, rubs, she rubs her bare breast at one point and tells her it'll be our secret so there's there from that we're already getting there's something up with these people yeah and, and long story short Basically, what it is is this older lady Pearl is super horny yeah. and hasn't been touched by her husband in like 30, 40 years. And she's just seeing these young people have sex, have a good time filming this porno. And it triggers her to murder this group. Like yeah, one by one, Jason Voorhees style. That's basically can't, can't what's get what happening. she wants. She wants and, and she wants to bang her husband or bang somebody. There's a certain sadness in that, in in that motive. There is, it, you know, no, it's sure. very much like. I mean, granted, she's fucking murdering people, and that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. But there's there's a, a sadness in the sense of like. She has this idea of what her life could have been, maybe, and it never got there, or it was there, and it's not there anymore. And there's a there's a sadness to that because, and, you know, it works well with 
the fact that she is older than them. So it's like she's kind of been there, done that sort of. Um, and then, it I mean, it's cool that there's like an old, decrepit lady killing people too. Like yeah. how often do you get that in horror movies? Like a straight up old lady slasher. I mean, obviously like Jason's mom and in Friday yeah. the 13th, but I venture to say that this character is probably older than a Mrs. lot older. Voorhees. This yeah. is like, a, this is supposed to be like a 90 or 80, yeah. eight, 89, like, like almost very late looking. in her life. She's decrepit. Yeah. She's very, very old. And what was really cool is Mia Goth played this character yes, that's, in heavy really, makeup really and cool. prosthetics. I didn't recognize her at first. And then after the movie, the credits rolled, I Googled it and I was like, that's somebody in makeup. And it was her. Yeah. In, which I think works that really that well as, as a mirror yeah. of, you know, the, the youth that she had and the youth that she's still longing for and, and can't get anymore. No, I totally and I agree. think it worked really well to have Mia Goth play double duty like that. Yeah. And the character of Pearl, like... It is sad. I I didn't take it that like she didn't fulfill her life in a certain way. I I the way I took it was just that old becoming getting older affected her and she missed being young. Mm. There's some clunky shit in the plot and we'll get to it towards the end uh like when we start discussing the ending of the film which we're getting to because that's basically what the last 20 or 30 minutes is that's where the yeah. real horror takes place. Um but I took it as just it something was missing in her life and she wanted to fulfill that and this group of young people making this movie triggered something in her. And right. had her just snap because I guess they weren't accepting of her. Mm-hmm. Like she was trying to like, hey, touch me. Hey, feel me. Yeah. And her husband can't get it up. He keep, Every time she tries to have sex with her husband, she's like, oh, you know, he he's like, oh, my heart. heart. He can't do like, it. Yeah. He's like scared of a heart attack or some shit. Um, but I will say like the theme of getting older is very prominent in this movie. That's mm-hmm. what the that's what it's about. It's about getting older and wanting fame or wanting something, fulfilling something in life. Right. Because the Mia Goth character just wants to be famous. Even after, at the end of the film when she's driving away, I forget exactly what she says, but I think she references like, I'm going to be a fucking star or something like that. She yeah. says as she's doing lines of cocaine. You right. know what I mean? So it is, it, it is about just kind of fulfilling something, whether it's sex, fame, whatever in life. And that's what I took it as. Now, yeah, now for the – for yeah. Mm-hmm. Pearl was a was a dancer at one point yes. in her life. You get that, and uh, there's a really cool scene after she after she kills the RJ character, uh, and she's standing over his dead body, like in a slow, weird kind of ballet dance, and mm-hmm. with with the the Chelsea Wolf uh, score, I guess playing in the background that yeah, it just there's some it, sort of music really really cool looking imagery with and the there's red a lot lighting of that in this movie yeah. yeah there's a lot of that <laughs> from the blood his blood went on the headlights on the headlights and, and turned it projected all red, like a, a red cool style yeah. shot i loved that that was really cool and onto the onto the gore and and horror aspect of it um i do like how it was like traditional slasher movie she literally killed each one of them one by one in pretty violent ways rj gets like his head cut off by being stabbed like 50 times in the neck until his head comes off. Um, Wayne gets a pitchfork to the eyes. That reminded Mm -hmm. me very much of of Friday the 13th, just that visual of like a pitchfork into his head. Um, 
Jackson, you don't, you just gets kind of shot by by Howard by the old man. Right. It's kind of off screen. Uh, I thought Lorraine's death was pretty brutal because she was locked up in the basement. She gets like, and like after she gets, uh, I think it's um, Maxine lets her out. Yeah. And she runs out injured because her hands injured because I think got like banged with something by the yeah. uh, the older guy like, hit it with something right Bang, like with a brick or the gun or something she runs out and just gets like fucking shot like and like flies across the, right like, in the right in the face face I was like oh shit like it was pretty pretty brutal yeah. shit and then the the film ends with Maxine. And the old lady kind of confronting each other with guns. But then you find out that the gun Maxine had was empty, which is foreshadowed early on by uh, Wayne. And then she tries to shoot her, but she's old. So (laughs) that was kind of ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. And and then (laughs) there's that weird, uh, that weird air of like religious intervention. That plays throughout the whole movie. And it's like the... The Maxine character, is she saved by some kind of divine intervention in that moment that blows Lorraine, uh, that blows Pearl out of the house and the shotgun, you know, misses her by this much. And and that's how she manages to get away and (laughs) only to find out that the that the the preacher character that they keep showing on TV throughout the film is. Uh, her dad, I think. Her father, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it, it's a it's a weird place to kind of end the movie, but uh, if you sit through the credits of the movie, you'll find out that this isn't actually the end of this saga, this world. No, there's, yeah, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a more prequel, coming. <laughs> a prequel called Pearl that's already done and edited and shot and finished and will be coming. Soon, I think later this, this year, year, I think is what I read online, which a I found interesting. film where Mia Goth, who plays the old version of Pearl, plays the young version of Pearl yeah. in 1918 in yeah. Texas. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see, I guess, the evolution of the Pearl character, where she... Why uh, is she like this, I why guess. Why she became the way she yeah. is, yeah. Because she obviously be murdered... One. She's murdered people before. Right. We, 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 uh, we got that, but... To go, to go back to the ending a bit, and there's one or two things. There are there's like one or two things I had an issue with. Um, the visual of Pearl trying to shoot Maxine and flying back because of the like kickback of the shotgun yeah. was pretty hysterical. And then her lying on the floor saying, "My hip, my hip." Right. I couldn't help but laugh. I couldn't tell if that was supposed to be funny or not. The only it was very thing, much like the yeah. "I've fallen and I can't get up" like lifeline yeah. commercials. You know, it, it played weird. It was a little funny, but I, I think that might have been the point. Um, yeah. One thing I wasn't 100% clear on, and maybe you understood it a little more. What was the deal with the guy in the basement? I think... Like they've been just doing this? I think I, I'm over confused. the course of this, they've been kind of trying to satisfy Pearl's sexual desires in some way. It's we uh, yeah I that wasn't and clear. He I mean he his his picture was on the milk carton that yeah one of them was drinking at, like you know it foreshadowed that this was the guy that's been missing, and so I guess you're supposed to assume that because you know Pearl and Howard they talk about it and and she says stuff about um, Maxine like oh yeah she's the one she's perfect blah 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 yeah so 
maybe this has been a thing they've done before, but you know, again, like I'm sure that the prequel movie will probably shine more light on what all this is. Yeah. Because I couldn't, Which is interesting. I was, yeah, I was trying to figure that out. I was like, what's with the, like Lorraine go, gets locked up in the basement and she finds this dead guy down there. And I'm like, like hung up, strung naked. up or whatever, naked. And I'm like, I, it has something to do with sex. It's some weird sex, sex thing is basically right. happening, but it's never fully explored. And I'm guessing, like you said, the prequel might dive into what exactly happened there because yeah. Like I feel like this movie, watching it a second time, you might catch things yeah, I you missed so. the first time. So I'll definitely be. I want to watch it again. So I'll definitely Absolutely. be going back and watching it. Um, but yeah, I, I thought the film was really tense. There were some tense moments. My favorite, honestly, my favorite moment. I think it's beautifully shot um, and really tense. Is the scene with Maxine, Mia Goth's character, swimming in the water, naked in the lake, and the alligator yeah. following her slowly. And you think. It's it's foreshadowing someone being killed later because Brittany Snow's character gets killed by that same alligator. But it's following her slowly, almost like a Jaws Lake Placid yeah, deal. Yeah, very much like a stalker. Yeah, and she's swimming and she's completely naked. And she gets out just in time as the alligator slowly approaches her. And you get this overhead shot, which looks really, really, yeah. really. That's probably my favorite visual of the entire film. And speaking of like the alligator dude, the, the this entire movie reminded me a lot of Motel Hell in a way. Just mm-hmm. Motel Hell is a little way, way out there. Way ridiculous. But that's also about an elderly couple, people coming to the hotel and Eaten Alive, which is uh, Toby Hooper's second movie. So Eaten Alive and Motel Hell, this movie reminded me a lot of those two and kind of, I don't know if they were an influence on the movie, but it felt like that might have been a slight influence because yeah. eating alive there's a killer alligator the right. dude that runs i forget if it's a hotel or a house or whatever people that go there there's an alligator he's feeding people to so i was like oh this is kind of has a little bit of that flavor you know yeah yeah there's there was a lot of like obvious texas chainsaw massacre oh yeah that's the big one being in houston there's a lot of like you can tell that this is a, a movie made by a horror movie fan you know like as with most of Ty West stuff, there's there's his influences are pretty obvious in in his stuff, but also not ripped off, you know, like his yeah, stuff it's an still original piece, like his stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this was a better Texas Chainsaw Massacre than the last Texas Chainsaw. Right, Massacre. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, listen, man, it's it's I could see someone watching this movie and maybe not being into it because it's it it, it does have a slow start. Not and I love slow starts personally like i love yeah. movies that take their time you know and, and and we talked about a few weeks ago we talked about the new texas chainsaw massacre and how abrupt that movie right. was everything just kind of happened it mm-hmm. ends it starts it begins it ends and that's it and that movie could have used an extra 20 or so minutes where this movie takes its time getting to the gore getting to the kills getting to you know you learning what exactly these characters why they're there and why they're being murdered you you know i guess to in a way and there's still some ambiguity before anything happens yeah it's still ambiguous why this is happening yeah but it, it takes its time slowly slowly getting there and when it does you're like oh shit oh shit oh shit because these characters, dude, get off to like boom, 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 Rapid boom, fire, boom. Yeah, pretty much. And, like the the RJ and Wayne death scenes are yeah. maybe five minutes apart. Yeah, in the movie. And, and I'll be honest, I thought everyone was gonna die. 
Yeah. I didn't expect Maxine, Mia Goth's character, to survive, but she yeah. fucking does. So maybe maybe there'll be another one that takes place after this Could film in like 1980 I, mean, I think shit. it's super cool that he did a prequel in secret and nobody knew about it. I love when when surprise stuff can still happen like that in this day and age, you know? Like, yeah, man. Because everything's spoiled by the internet. I love that there's still filmmakers who care to have surprises for their audiences. Yeah, and and to me, the, the coolest thing about this is that we have an original horror film that's not part of a franchise, mm-hmm. not a remake, not anything. It's not connected to anything yeah. that coming could potentially out. be its own franchise. Exactly, now. and that's fucking dope. Like that, there's there we're gonna get a, a new slasher franchise yeah. basically that's brand new and original. And and it can be influenced, obviously, but yeah. it's it's its own thing, and that's really cool. Because this could have easily been turned into a a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Honestly, right. all you have to do is add Leatherface, and it's like that's Leatherface and his parents. And then he's, yeah, exactly. You know, it's so interesting how how I f- I feel like most of these f- big franchises, horror franchises, that's what they do. They take a script and add the signature character we all know mm-hmm. and love into it and that's kind of what they do and with this there's none of that so i really appreciate it being so original and it being its own thing so yeah. so you have any final thoughts on x chris no i mean i have been thinking about it all day today like i really i really did genuinely enjoy it and, and you know like you said you want to watch it again i absolutely want to watch it again and i have been like texting people and like recommending that they yeah. see it because i really did I really, I just had a great time with it. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I'm the same. I'm dying to see it again. I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'll go to the theater again, but I'll probably maybe. It'll. I'm sure it'll be on demand soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But everyone's been talking about it, dude. Like everyone in our circle. Even last night we yeah. were hanging out and we were with you know a group of people and you know a couple of us were Everybody going to see was it. Planning to go see it. Yeah, yeah. So it's really cool to see you know a horror movie being talked about and people really being excited yeah. to see it. Yeah. And like I said, it, you know, people who are listening, if you do go see it, stay to the end of the credits that it, it sounds funny to say stay to the end of the credits for a horror movie, but it's, it's worth it. You know, there's a cool thing that shows up at the end of the credits. Yeah. Go, go check out X. It was really good. And, and we both enjoyed it and we both want to see it again. So if you don't even, if you've never even heard of it, you're like, what the fuck is X? <laughs> and you just stumbled across this episode of our podcast. <laughs> Go check it out. We think Two you'll love it. Up. Two thumbs up. I'm hoping that's a good thing. Two thumbs up. <laughs> I've seen you sneaking a few long peeks at Jackson over here. No, I, I wasn't okay. looking. You don't mind none. She's right. Oh, my. No offense. Everybody likes sex. It's a guess. If we're just not afraid to admit it. Queer, straight, black, white. It's all disco. You know why? Because one day, we're going to be too old to fuck. And life's too short, if you ask me. Roger that. The fact of the truth of the matter is, we turn folks on. And that scares them. And they can't look away neither. That's right. We're like a foxy car wreck. So that was X. Be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Haunted Hangover, and check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Haunted Hangover 31. If you can rate and review us, that would be greatly appreciated. And remember, 
the best cure for a hangover is more booze. Catch you guys later. <laughs>